We are in this conversation now talking to Dr. Makaya Makofola, CEO, COO, perhaps CEO in time, but COO for now at the South African Qualifications Authority in conversation together with Mr. Ian Ellis, who's a criminal lawyer. Now, we're talking about bogus colleges and fly-by-night schools. And, of course, it's an important conversation to have because these guys best believe are ready, they are lurking, and they're waiting to catch that vulnerable, desperate, or otherwise ignorant one who doesn't know exactly how one gets to have a qualification. I mean, and I'm hoping it was a joke, but as recently as last year sometime in the winter, I, I saw that a church was honoring somebody with an honorary doctorate and that person presented oneself for an honorary doctorate through a church. I mean, these are some of the things that whilst you might take them for granted, there's a great number of people who cannot tell the difference between what is a registered institution and what is not a registered institution. And by necessary implication and impact is that one might go through this for three, four years, get oneself open, close quote, a qualification that isn't. And all that money gone down the drain. And the question is, exactly how we get to satisfy ourselves as a nation that any registered college or institution is duly certified to be such an academic outlet. So let's have a conversation first with Dr. Makaya Makofolam. Plegas, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good evening, Songez, uh, together with your listeners. Uh, my name is Makapa. It's Dr. Makapa Makafol. It's Makapa Makafol. I, I beg your pardon. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me to, to discuss this. Did you say it's Makapa? Yes, Makapa Makapa. I'm sorry about that. Mr. Makafola, let's talk about these fly-by-night colleges. In fact, before we get there, let's talk about the South African Qualifications Authority, what it does, and because it does what it does. This is there for the things that it's on the lookout for constantly. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much uh, for, you know, for touching the topic as well. I mean, we, uh, as a African Qualification Authority, uh, uh, we are established by the, what do you call the, the Act of 1995. And in 2008, the NPF Act was introduced to further develop, organize, and govern the framework. Uh, this framework is mainly the one that, uh, is responsible to categorize qualifications into sub-frameworks, uh, such as the one that is offered by Uma Lucy, uh, called uh, General and Federal Education and Training. And then we have the higher education qualifications uh, that is responsible by, uh, Council of Higher Education is responsible for that. And we have the occupational qualifications. So what uh, SACWA does uh, under the NPS Act is to ensure that all qualifications that are offered uh, in the country, they are registered in SACWA. If a qualification is offered in registered in SACWA, uh, that qualification uh, might be presented as something that is misrepresenting uh, what is being offered. Because while we have a SACWA, we have what we call National Journal uh, Record Database. Everybody that goes through the schooling system or the education system, they are kept up on SACWA. Once you finish your matric, the information, your ID and the certificate where you obtain it, you find it on SACWA website. So everybody else that goes in the schooling system, in a school that is legitimate, they will be on the NLP. If you complete your degree post-schooling, you still, I mean, the institution that you undergo is the qualification that is registered on SACWA, 
they, they need to register that on the database so that if anybody is looking for employment or you want to study abroad, you need that certificate from faculty says indeed your uh, institution is, is legit. Let's talk, I mean, that's an individual perspective perhaps, and, 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 and that's a good place to start because many of those who will now have the NQF and I know is it NQF4 that's a matric I think it's NQF4 those who have the, those who have that matric certificate it speaks to the fact that they have an NQF that that's a national qualifications framework that is NQF they are now in a position to pursue NQF5 6 and above Insofar as it relates to me as a matric pupil, how do then I certify for myself or satisfy myself that this institution that is inviting me to register with them on the strength that they have these arrangement of qualifications available to them, what questions should I ask or am I in a position to ask of that outlet? Or if not directed to the outlet, what is it that I should do as a prospective learner at a particular institution for the purposes of verifying their credibility with yourselves? I, I mean, just, I'm glad that you said that. I mean, we know that. I mean, uh, I mean, the South Africa is being flooded with these bogus institutions, uh, which sometimes we call them flood by night. And and this is not only a South African problem; this is a global problem as well. And, and this is why we call them brokers flow by net, because first of all, if you're offering anything from NPF level 5, you must be registered if you have a, if you have a private institution. Let me give you a bit of a background. I mean, there are different types of education and training institutions in South Africa. We have what you call public education and training institutions that are state funded, like your, you know, most institutions, uh, your University of Utah-Tasman, the University of Johannesburg, University of Cape Town. And, and those institutions are established by the Department of Higher Education and Training uh, by legislation called the Higher Education Act of 1997. And then we have the, the second type called private uh, higher education and training institutions. And, and these are mainly institutions that are offering uh, both higher education institutions and sometimes we call them colleges, which mainly provide legitimate and valuable qualifications mm-hmm. that are privately funded. But in terms because they're not part of the of the public institutions, they're required by law to register with the Department for Education and Training. So the aim of registering private education institutions and colleges is to protect the students and the public, uh, or as we call them, the public good in terms of the kind of quality of education they have to offer. And and the reason why this is done uh, is to ensure that. Whoever is registered or licensed by the department, they offer qualifications that are registered on the NPF, on the National Qualifications Framework, mm-hmm. uh, which is managed by SACWA. And, and, and again, because it's a privately owned, we have to make sure that that institution has the, capaci- has the capacity, the resources, and the expertise to offer their particular qualification, uh, education, and training. And, and not only that, that particular qualification they're offering, we need to comply with the quality assurance requirements of, of the country. And in terms of higher education, the Council on Higher Education is responsible for accrediting uh, qualifications for, for offering higher education as well. 
That so, was always going to be my next question. Sorry, before you continue, the, the, the interface yeah. between CHE, Council for Higher Education, and the South African yeah. Qualifications Authority. Can you perhaps just clarify the differences, but also speak to how one interfaces with the other, just so that we can get our head around as to how these institutions of state work towards offering credibility to the qualifications that many of us look forward to having? Yeah, I mean, thanks to ask that question because it's something that, you know, people tend to ask, you know, even what is the accretion process. So in, in terms of the difference, the uh, SACWA is responsible to uh, for overseeing the whole national qualification framework from NPF level 1 to NPF level 10. So whether you're an ADEC student, uh, for you to, to complete right up to matric and up to the doctorate, so you need to make sure that your qualification is registered. Now, out of that, we have what we call uh, quality councils, right? So we have three quality councils. We have the, the Umalusi, which is responsible for NPF level one to NPF level four, right? Which is, I mean, they are responsible for creating that particular qualification once, then they register that qualification in SACWA. Then we have the Council on Higher Education. They are responsible for NPF level five, NPF level 10. Your higher certificate, diploma, advanced diploma, degrees, on up to PhD. So they are responsible to accredit uh, those particular qualifications. So once, and then we have uh, the third one, uh, which is almost uh, more than 10 years old, the Quality Council for Trade and Occupation. So the QTTO is responsible for all trade-related qualifications such as your N4 to N6 uh, diploma. So they are responsible uh, in that field, and, and they, they tend to you know, offer from NPF level 1 to NPF uh, level 8. So now, for, for you to, I mean, for your, your qualification to be registered by SACWA, it has to undergo the process of accreditation by a particular uh, quality council, as I mentioned, those three quality councils. And those, uh, and once the quality councils are satisfied that your particular institution has met the requirements of the accreditation processes. Then they recommend that particular qualification to break that on FACWA. Qualification is legit in terms of, you know, they can offer this qualification and then, and then they uh, submit it to SACWA. And SACWA just, you know, we do the, our own evaluation to ensure that the qualification is be pitched at that level and, you know, the engine can continue to offer it. And then, and then we capture that on the national dynamic record as, 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 as what we call the courses that is being offered. So each and every institution that is offering qualifications that are created by those quality countries. Mm-hmm. So if, for instance, talking to you as an individual, mm-hmm. maybe as, as, as a student, I mean, you come through metric, and if you went to a, a school that is legitimate, you are going to, you know, your certificate is going to be captured, uh, your achievement is going to be captured on the SACWA database. And then when you look for a job or to study further as well, some students tend to come to us to verify that kind of information. And indeed, if it's legit, then the certificate that we issued and you can be able to study further. And, and once you complete your degree as well, it happens. If we have a debt qualification, has a FACWA registration number, automatically then that qualification is Mm, we are losing you, Dr. Makapa Makofula. We are losing you. I beg your pardon for that. But perhaps let me just ask this question to you, Ian. Ian Ellis, thank you so much for joining us. It's the second time we're having a conversation. And and what I would have asked of um, Dr. Makofula is, now that everything that should happen is known, here I am as a student 
and I now discover my feet are in, I'm a student, I have paid, and I discover mid-curriculum or mid-semester or worse, after attaining a qualification that actually doesn't exist by definition. Let's talk remedies for the individual because we have to talk remedies for the individual in as much as I would like to talk about implications for the outlet. What remedies from this conversation so far that you have heard us talking about would otherwise be available for me if effectively I've been duped? Unfortunately, good evening, uh, good evening, good evening to the uh, to the listeners as well. It's the problem that you end up having, and it's and it's unf- and the unfortunate aspect is when the institution lacks the accreditation or the curriculum lacks the accreditation, as in it's a made up curriculum and it hasn't been registered with the necessary authori- uh, authorities, because you can actually find there's within the within the ambit of the various regulatory bodies as well as the legislation governing the schools act and the, and the universities act mm-hmm. the problem comes is when you've got these self-created private in, uh, private institutions operating off their own um curriculum it base uh, and it's their curriculum it's or, or their accreditation is not recognized it's plain and simple it's actually a fraudulent activity so basically your only remedy would be to go down the criminal route of actually laying charges of fraud against the proprietors of the institution provided that that institution isn't uh, isn't operating within the ambit of another institution like for example what we've had in this country is that we've had institutions which act almost as agents of bigger universe uh, of of universities as well as of certain schools and uh, and um, curriculum providers so those are not those do not automatically amount to somebody being illegitimate but the problem is it is that curriculum itself um, accredited, and that's it, what leaves one with the issue of have they, in actual fact, been duped. So I think you need to take it even a step further to go uh, to find out it goes just beyond the institution where it is a completely made up institution with its own created self created curriculum that's neither been registered nor attributed nor accredited. Then that's an actual fact of fraud in an institution, uh, institution, and you have a right to lay a charge against the proprietors of that institution. The only problem is, is three years in and, you, and you've supposedly got a degree that doesn't go ahead and exist. That is where your problem in actual fact lies. Because now you've gone through all the trouble and you have to restart again from scratch. Let's put a scenario out there. Here's a college. It doesn't confirm any of the things that otherwise say an established public university otherwise would. It doesn't say it's certified by the Council for Higher Education. It doesn't suggest that its qualifications are SAQA approved or SAQA sanctioned. It doesn't say any of that. In fact, even if you ask them, they will say no. We are simply in the business of educating, but we are not duly registered. Is that an issue? If so, where is the issue? In other words, point me to the legislation that speaks to every outlet that offers education is supposed to be duly registered because I'm imagine the freedom of enterprise here should be part of the conversation. 
is precisely well one's already had and let me put it in this way um unisa has been an exact issue when it comes with similar type of environments on that or or, or with exact circumstances as that where they actually gave rights to various other third-party entities that just basically went ahead and said we are teaching the unisa curriculum we're not necessarily, we're not rewriting it. We're not creating our own curriculum. Technically, it's, it, all become, it all comes down to, is the curriculum provider also a registered curriculum provider? So you can be in the business as long as there's acti- they're acting within, uh, within the scope of a mandate and that they've been uh, provided with the, necess- with the necessary accreditation through whichever university they were, they're working through, that is going to be, va- that is going to be valid. The, a similar, we, we've had certain problems where there's been international universities who have opened their doors here and they registered worldwide but the parameters of their degrees have never been accredited in South Africa. And that's that's basically because of the curriculum proviso and their registration because of our specific standards and not specifically related to the international bodies. So let's go back. Let's understand fraud. If I go to an outlet that is neither CHE or SAQA certified and approved respectfully, respectively that wouldn't per se amount to that fraud or would it against what you've said it's what i would basically say in a situation like that if they're not under if they're not backed up by an accredited curriculum then it is definitely fraud if they are backed up and they hold a license and they and they're given those rights even though they might not be an official university university but a private organization then it's not but it's a curriculum it's a curriculum registration as well as the accreditation of the degrees in which they offer that are linked uh, that are linked to a specific institution if they don't have that they're not accredited Can you augment our conversation on this matter, please, Dr. Makapa Makofola? Because, I mean, nobody wants to even engage the conversation of fraud. And I don't imagine even some of these outlets want to do that. And I'm not talking about those who are just simply going to plead ignorance. There are those who simply want to, for instance, they want to eat into the challenges associated with unemployed youth who are not in employment, who are not in education, who are not in training. And here's something that I can do. I'm a retired teacher. I'm a retired university professor, and I want to teach. And I'm actually going to make money out of this. Is there something wrong with that in the context of CHE certifications and SAQA qualifications approvals? Dr. Makofula? Can you hear me? Yes, now can I can. Yes, yes, I can. Yeah. I, I said, I think maybe I was got cut out while I was trying to explain as well the question I just asked to, uh, to advocate. Because what is clear, I mean, for you to offer any uh, program, right, you, you have to, I mean, as a private institution, because once you are a qualified teacher, you have to associate yourself with something else. Gonna just decide willingly that I want to offer that particular qualification. First of all, you need to ensure that you, you I mean, you know, you go through the normal accreditation processes. And as long as you offer any, and I'm not saying to the advocate, as long as you offer any qualification, whether I mean, people sometimes they use the word Oxford, Cambridge. We are Cambridge. Mm. We are international accredited. I mean, you cannot use words like that. We have that's why we have national qualification framework. It is to regulate 
the offerings of all qualifications within the country. So he cannot, you have to, they, I mean, even we had incident that came from, I mean, we had Monash, I think, a few years back. I, don't, I mean, that was about 10 years ago from Australia. Mm-hmm. So Monash, when they were offering those qualifications, they, they, they were accredited from Australia. But they came to South Africa and they, they were subjected to the South African quality assurance mechanism. That is fundamental for education and training. So you cannot offer any qualification if you are not recognized by the department. Does the conversation right. change? Because I once was at a university, and it's at a business school, in fact, attached, I mean, it's a business school of a university here in South Africa, and they say this particular program has not yet been accredited. But nonetheless, if you want to take it, here it is, here's the curriculum for it, and this is how much it costs. Is that an issue against what everything you have said? It's a, it's a big issue. You cannot offer a program that is not accredited. I mean, if people tell you that on your face and you go ahead and do it. Well, I didn't all, register you know, precisely because of that, because I felt as though now why would I spend, and it was a no, cheap course. It was a full year course. I mean, it was going to commit me in terms of money as well as in terms of time. And I didn't think it was worth my time. And this is not me suspecting anything fraudulent or unbecoming yeah. about that. It was just made basically an analysis on my part that the cost benefit of it is just not serving me. It's a program. It's offered by this business school attached to this otherwise very progressive yeah. university that has been around for some time here in Gauteng. But this particular course that they were offering at the time, they, they told me it yeah. is not approved. It's not I mean, I, I forget the correct words that they used, but the essence of it was not a registered program with yourselves. Yeah, I think for that, I mean, to share with that. Uh, We're losing him again. Institution. Repeat yeah, that, okay. please, I, Doctor. I, I, can, can you, uh, can, yeah, yeah, can now you, I can. Yeah. Can yeah, I think, um, yeah. So I'm saying, I, I'm glad that you give that good example, because it doesn't mean that when an institution is registered to offer a qualification, they cannot offer any program. First of all, they have to make sure that the program that they're offering it's accredited. The reason why they have to go through that because it needs to be subjected to QA mechanism to ensure that they are indeed they have the right capacity, the right infrastructure for them to deliver that particular program. So you cannot offer anything that's not accredited. I mean, you need to declare front, and you might, and you have the, I mean, they have to be able to issue you the accreditation number from the Council on Higher Education so this accredited, and even the FACWA registration number of that particular qualification so that. You don't have a problem when you have to... It's not about, you know, even getting a job in South Africa. What if you want to study abroad? Because they'll be asking for your qualification. And for, for any institution outside the country they want to enroll you, they'll still come to SACO to verify your qualification. And if you're not on our database, you won't be... Um, that qualification won't be recognized. And if that qualification is not created by the CHE, it won't be registered by SACO. So any, anybody, whether public or private... For you to have a qualification, that qualification must be accredited by the CHA. Appreciate that. You cannot work outside that. I do have a voice note that I wish to play, and then we'll engage it afterwards. Please, can we have a voice note? There are some who are taking advantage of the system. They have opened so many private colleges that uh, they offer these N courses. But when you look at the people who are teaching in those uh, colleges, most of them are unqualified. They offer those uh, courses um, with very, very low uh, standard. Most of the students do not even meet the needs. Some of them, they just offer classes, then they have to register students somewhere else. Of course, there's no problem with that, but most of them are not registered.
so they were advertised and yet you find that they are not even accredited uh, accredited to the what well, but, sorry by the department yeah there are many many of those of those schools that are here in south africa Again, I want to come back to you, Ian, after this question that I'm posing now directly to Dr. Makapa, because it is important, because the remedies conversation is going to have to be a very strong way to finish this conversation. But for now, Dr. Makofola, the the qualification being registered and duly accredited and recognized by the system is one thing. Quite another for me, Songezo, to go and teach analytical chemistry when I don't have that qualification. Is there then a way of vetting that the qualification that is otherwise approved is also being taught by somebody who has the requisite qualifications? How does one satisfy that inquiry? And I'm drawing from the voice note. Uh, I think what normally happens, I mean, we we have, in terms of private institutions, uh, council CHE, they do offer that accreditation and from then on they go and check again you know in midway to see whether i mean are they still compliant and in terms of uh, public institutions and i'm glad to give that example we have professional bodies who are responsible to you know to monitor the status of accreditation within institutions and a good example health professional council of south africa we have engineering council of south africa and, and those professional bodies they work hand in hand uh, with with council of higher education in, in the process called the accreditation because sometimes you can accredit somebody 10 years ago and then the quality of the program might decline over time you might have people leaving the institution uh, you know credible people resigning the infrastructure you know you know you know you know i mean just you know being dilapidated so so that has an impact later on in life and then we have those professional bodies to come in to do the reaccreditation to come and check whether is that particular qualification, you know, still, you know, stand, you know, the test of time. And then once they've done that, they, they, they produce a report uh, that they present to their council, and then from there they share that with council on education. And then, you know, appropriate action is taken. And I think it, uh, there's been something on the news uh, recently in one of the institutions, I can't mention the name, where they went, you know, they've been offering this particular qualification, and yet they are no longer, you know, at the level that they used to be at when they were offering it initially. And, and, and that is a negotiation between Council of Education and Professional Body, whether, you know, the, uh, that thing is discontinued, and that is communicated to the Department for Education and Training. So there is a mechanism to ensure that, you know, there's that kind of a quality policy in, in bracket to, to ensure that, you know, the quality of the programs are maintained. And professional bodies in South Africa play that critical role. And then one of the good examples, you know, your, I mean, we have general Council of South Africa as well. When your people coming from outside, you know, side outside, coming back to South Africa, you know, the Engineering Council of South Africa, they're the one, you know, trying to ensure that, you know, the equivalence of the qualification in the country is the same as the one that somebody studies outside. So those professional bodies are there just to safeguard the professionalism of those qualifications. Sure. Let's take one more voice note. Uh, good day, uh, SAFM. Uh, I just want to ask, uh, uh, pertaining the topic of SACWA and qualifications, uh, how do we go about combining all the training, trade training certificates, so that maybe one can uh, uh, get the diploma or some other qualification of that kind? Maybe uh, combining the N, uh, the NQF, sorry, the NQF uh, levels 
uh, all of them, then I don't know how to go about it. If maybe I can get an explanation. This is uh, Ronald Edmohoni. Dr. Makofolo, did you get that question? No, I think it was just a little bit echoing. Can you repeat it for me, please? I also didn't understand it. I mean, I heard what you were saying, but I didn't understand it. And I think it's about how to combine qualifications. Look, if there's time, I'll play the voice note again. But it's 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 around the question of combining qualifications. Can, can we just please park that? Because I don't want Ian to grow cold there, because there are a couple yeah. of questions that yeah. are sine qua nons to this conversation. And again, it goes back to the question of remedies and practical steps that one can otherwise take to now that we know the... Okay, the secret is out. This college is bogus. This is not a registered entity. The course that they are telling us is available is not duly accredited in itself. Walk us through the processes, the practical steps that one would have to otherwise take to, first of all, let the authorities know, to institute action, as well as to recover whatever patrimonial losses that one can prove in this enterprise that is that is now certainly proven to be bogus. Ian? Thank you. It's one needs to first and foremost, one needs to take a look at what level it is, whether it's at a school level, whether it's at a university level, whether it's at an even higher level, because obviously or at a technical or at a technical level. Because there are different regulatory bodies and there are different uh, and there are also different departments. So like for example at a school level um you deal with the you could deal with the department of education with the department of education uh, the, the education department or whichever relevant education department there would need to be a complaint that needs to be submitted they would then go ahead and provide feedback as to whether the place is accredited not re- or, or registered or what the exact status of such an institution is from that point they would also take certain steps in which to go ahead and shut the uh, the entity down as well well as you then gain after them civilly, as well as criminally based on fraud, uh, fraud and trying to claim back your money for a lack of a credit for the lack of, of for the damage that's actually been suffered. Uh, to call it uh, to call uh, to call it very uh, to call it very simply, because you've now paid for something based on representation that they knew was fraudulent, and you will never go ahead and get that the benefit of that because the piece of paper that comes with it isn't worth anything. So that would be how one would be be dealing with it if one looks at it at a basic level. Mm-hmm. When it comes to universities, it's slightly higher because there's different there's different regulatory uh, acts that pertain specifically to you know, to universe uh, to universities, and those institutions would have to go ahead and be shut down by the necessary authorities. The police would end up getting involved with uh, with uh, with that because holding out to be a university is a very very serious offense, uh, offense and claiming uh, and claiming accreditation with the absence of a recognised inst as a rec- uh, and not being recognised as an institution with the accreditation making. Uh, bogus diplomas is a fraudulent activity. Uh, a fraudulent activity because now one has gone for a period of three odd years minimum that's required for it uh, for a degree in this kind in this in South Africa to actually having nothing after that period of time, which is a major, which is a severe loss, and then one having to sue them for however many hundreds of thousands of rads because of that lo- that loss in the time that you're not going to get back because it's already been spent uh, spent. 
So that is very much going to be a criminal matter at an organized level, at an organized crime level. So that's very, very high up on the scale. Um, so those are the time you may end up also finding that you have bogus institutions offering courses that sound good, but are not actually but have never been tested. The, the, the degree exists, but they're not accredited to offer that degree. Your biggest problem comes, and this is where the, this is where it's going to fall under the whole issue now of cyber crimes, is you've got a lot of these online institutions that are offering degrees, diplomas, um, international degrees that are not registered. They're registered in some ARB country, um, and they're offering it worldwide. But People don't understand that those degrees that they are that those matric level or degrees that they are offering are not actually valid degrees because of the online nature and because of the the, the lack of um, accreditation worldwide. But they make it sound like the international schools. That is where your biggest worry comes because your your recourse is very difficult to obtain because they're foreign entities based uh, based in some old, uh, old country in the middle of Europe, which makes it very difficult to trace back. And unfortunately, in a situation like that, you're actually having a loss, which you're not going to be able to remedy so easily. Let, let's talk about outside the criminal case that could otherwise be brought. This surely is a contractual issue here, and that is one of misrepresentation. I'm moving in the direction of civil, civil liabilities and civil remedies available because, I mean, it's one thing for this to actually be a crime, as has been well articulated as to what should happen versus what should not happen by Dr. Makafula. But right now, I'm, I'm feeling in as much as this is a crime, so what? I mean, I get nothing out of this because it's a crime and it's not a crime against me. It's a crime against the state and the remedies have got nothing to do with that. I don't even prosecute. But when it comes the to the fact that I've paid all this money and I've spent all this time, there are some serious injuries here. Is what I actually said originally when I was saying with that, I did go ahead and address the issue of suing the institution for what money you've in actual fact spent. That's on the problem that one has in the current law is the issue of punitive damages because how does one equate to the time? So you've got your general, you've got your, you've got certain, you you would be setting a whole new precedent in the confines of the idea around delictual and general damages, but stemming uh, and possibly contractual damages. Uh, I mean, that's the stuff Ian Ellis lives for, isn't it? Setting precedent, advancing and developing the mm, law. Yeah. Let me put it. To, let me put it to you this way: With any test case, it always goes ahead. It has to start somewhere. So you need a you need a willing you need a willing volunteer and a, a, a and a very well and a very wealthy opposing party sure. in order to make it worthwhile. The thing is, is it's one thing suing for the fees, and yes, you've spent however many years. Um, in uh, however many years, like three years at a hundred thousand rand, let's call it. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's one thing to sue them for the three hundred thousand, but now you've already gone, you've wasted those three years. So now you've got to develop your law into the whole aspect of punitive damages based on your loss of time and the severe implication that it's had on your life. Because now suddenly you're walking around, let's call it with a law degree from somewhere that doesn't exist. That is not a law degree. You're working. On, sorry, exactly. Now, 
now you you've gone through all those years and now you can't get yourself registered with the laws with the very with the with the legal practices council you can't do your articles or your pupillage you can't go ahead your life is now on hold because your degree that you've gone in there has gone has been now met with complete disdain because of a lack of accreditation that you were not responsible for and that you were you believed and you readily believed um, w- was actually valid. So that is the development of the law on the whole aspect of general and punitive damages that might go ahead and come out from that harm that it suffered. So it's a building on the law because these issues have very seldom ever been challenged before. Hmm. 2153, we might have time for a couple of calls, if any are going to come. 86 2032 614 that's the voice note facility, bogus colleges, bogus universities, qualifications. Have you ever discovered at the tail end of things that your qualification actually is not a qualification? Well, we are available through Dr. Makapa Makofola, who is the COO at the South African Qualifications Authority, as well as a lawyer. Ian Ellis, who works for himself and making decent buck at that. I sincerely hope that is true, Ian, in the context of making sure. (laughs) We've got six minutes to go, but the voice note earlier on, and it has since been communicated to me, um, Dr. Makapa, is the person has got a qualification, well, has got certificates, a couple of certificates. Can those certificates in any way be put together or combined or somehow accredited towards a qualification like a bachelor's degree or a national diploma? That was the question. And that's in essence is one who has sought to develop oneself but not gone the traditional route of a diploma or a degree. Could those certificates otherwise be used to eat into the credits towards a formal qualification like a diploma or a degree? That's the essence of it. Dr. Makofola, are you there? Okay, it seems like we have lost him, but I don't know if you can advance that particular question, but I'm inclined to believe credits, I mean, it's university dependent for one and the length and the duration of the particular certificate. So, for instance, if put it, I mean, if I'm going to be studying for a degree at one university. Okay, Dr. Makofula is back. Okay, so let me not waffle my way through that. Dr. Makofula, I don't know if you got the question, but let me just repeat it for clarity's sake. I have a couple of certificates. Could those certificates in any way be, when combined, be used to gain credits towards a more formal qualification like a diploma or a degree? That's the essence of that voice note that you and I were not able to decipher earlier. I think the, it depends on that one because once the judge raised, I mean, if you register for a particular qualification, because in our framework, you're not allowed to exit early in a qualification. You have to go through until you complete it. But now, uh, what we have, I mean, you know, another approach to be able to be recognized or to obtain a qualification, we have what you call recognition to, to prior learning. If somebody, I mean, let's say you acquire, I mean, the people who do one-year certificates, 12 months, trade certificates, and so on and so on, and then they are within an employment, they, they are working, and then, the, you know, then they can go through any other institutions to apply to be recognized for, you know, but there should be in a particular you know, screen. You cannot just, you know, have something in theology, take another in engineering. This will be taken. Uh, am, am I still audible? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I think I think for that, that is, I mean, it's still approach it. If you do a qualification, you complete it through. But if you do some of the courses, 
uh, whether it's through I mean, the trade in your particular field of work, and then you've been in, in, in employment for, for quite some time. So we have what called confidential to prior learning, where you can go to any institutions uh, where they can, you know, take you through that process, and, and they can be able to equate you whether you are at this particular level. And if they feel that you're at a certain level of, uh, you know, of competency, or maybe it can be a master's or honors, whatever it is, and the institution can, you know, pronounce on that, and maybe allow you to complete a certain modules for you to be able to be at that equivalent. And that is within the prerogative of the institution, and, and you can be able to obtain a particular qualification. And I think we have cases, I mean, most institutions in the country, they do what you call the Christian Friday, and I think UNISA has good examples of that. Uh, University of Western Cape, uh, I think they've been at the forefront of, of doing RPL as well. And, and you know, we have people who went through that process. And because, you know, because one of the things about RPL is trying to, to address, you know, the, uh, what you call this imbalances of the past, where people couldn't, you know, going to formal schooling, they were forced to work because of the circumstances. So now, you know, within the NQF, I mean, that is allowed as another way of, you know, people being recognized. And not only that, being allowed to the formal uh, sectors or for them to come back into education to complete their desired qualification. Fantastic. Let's thank you for your time, Dr. Makapa Makufola, the COO at the South African Qualifications Authority, engaging us on a very important topic that can only be more important as schools and universities opens up and with those who are not placed where they initially would have applied in the name of being enrolled at an institution the desperation rockets and problems come thank you so much to you there for your time and final comment from you then mr ian ellis i suppose now that we are where we are this thing is going to be a problem irrespective of how many conversations you and i ever have on this matter would you care to just offer a couple of do's and don'ts as we head into silly season in relation to this topic, people registering at bogus institutions? Yeah. Let me put it to you this way. At, at different levels, one has to look at what you're registering for. If, you, if at a school level, check with the curriculum provider, check with the, um, with the actual institution what they are actually offering, check what the basis, uh, what the basis is. If it's, a if it's a university, there are ways to check university accreditations of an international level. Go do some research. Do you Google certain of the uh, of the of, uh, of what the courses are, and even go so far as to double check that that specific course is accredited, because there has been a history of certain accredited universities losing certain of their status as well for accredited degrees. So always double check from an international level, international recognition at a university and at a post like masters and PhD level, whether they are recognized for that. And if they can give postgraduate diplo uh, diplomas in the chosen field and at a house and at a, and at a school level uh, and at a school level, double check specifically what it is, even if you are going to be doing homeschooling make sure that the, that if you are referred to an institution that that institution is accredited to them and does and does run in conjunction with that syllabus and the curriculum provider fantastic thank you so much for your time as well so we do appreciate it mr ian ellis thank you very much thank you